0: Well, who's standing next to somebody good-looking? Uh, uh, just look at your neighbours, and check them out. <laughs> uh, come on, lift up your hand if you're standing next to somebody good-looking right now. Lift up your hand. Yeah, okay, that's good. If the person next to you didn't put their hand up, say, get your hand up. I am a good-looking person. Well, it's great to be here in Wellington in the capital, and uh, great to be in this church. And uh, how many know God's doing something? I know you're in a time of uh, prayer and fasting. And uh, the reason why we pray and fast is because we want to see significant breakthrough. And some things can't come any other way. Uh, Jesus even said that. You know, some people go, well, fasting's not for me. Well, I figure if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. If, if Jesus uh, could accomplish everything he was called to do without fasting, the question you've got to ask is, why did he fast? So he needed to fast. And I I really believe, you know, there's something about fasting that just aligns our life, that declutters our spirit, and that gets us in touch with God. And uh, I know it's a challenge for many of us. How many find fasting a challenge? And uh, But I found growth doesn't come any other way. And uh, I know during this period, God's going to bring answers. God's going to bring breakthrough. Come on, that's what we just prayed for. And uh, I've got a feeling that, that the prayer that you no longer pray is about to be answered. You once prayed it, but you gave up on it. You thought, oh, that couldn't happen i got a feeling in my spirit, just as we're worshiping God this morning, that the prayer that you no longer pray, God has heard, and He's about to answer that prayer. He did it with Zacharias, the baron, him and Elizabeth, but He sent an angel, and He said those very words in another way. He said that prayer that you no longer pray, that you once prayed but you've given up hope on, is about to be answered in Jesus' name. How many can believe for that? Come on, have we got some believers here this morning? Come on, believing in faith that God's going to do something supernatural in our midst today. Come on, if you've got something that you're believing for, how about lifting your hands again? We thank you, Holy Spirit, you're in this environment. We thank you, you love to make Jesus real to people's hearts. And we thank you for the plan and purpose you have for each and every one of us. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that Lord, when you speak things into our life, Lord, those words don't return void, but they accomplish everything that you've purposed them for. And I pray, Lord, every word, every work that you've done in people's hearts, Lord, I thank you it's for your purpose to be revealed. And, Lord, you're taking us, Lord, higher. You're taking us further than where we currently are. Lord, we declare we don't want to stay where we are. We want to move forward in Jesus' name. We thank you for all that you've done. But, Lord, we thank you for all that you're going to do. And we pray that in your name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give them one more big clap of praise. Well, you're looking good. You're sounding good. You may take your seat this morning. It's great to be here in the promised land, is that right? New Zealand, the promised land, where else would you be? And uh, great to be around so many familiar faces, friends, and uh, I really do believe church is simply a whole lot of friends challenging one another to go higher in God, and how many believe together we can reach a nation? Uh, We can change the world, and uh, I really believe we're living in the greatest season of the church. I don't know what your perspective on that is, uh, but uh, if you don't know, there's a whole lot of good things happening in and around you, and I believe the best place is to put yourself, position yourself smack bang in the middle of it, and uh, you've made a great decision coming to church uh, this morning. How many reckon Pastor Jordan and Chrissy are amazing people? Come on, can we give them a big hand, great people, and uh, we appreciate them, appreciate the team here, people who serve, and uh, get up early so that we can have church, and I love the fact that the part we play is never bigger than the team we're part of, and uh, we're just all part of one big team wanting to make a difference for Jesus, do something great for Him, and so uh, it's great to be here. Well, there's something addictive about progress. Something energizing about growth, you know, it's something when you see something moving, man, you go, "I want more about that, more of that. But how many know the reverse is true? there 's something disheartening about remaining where you are. I love the fact that when we come to church, it is about growth. Uh, many of us know what it is to grow naturally, but spiritually, we may have been in the same place for a period of time. But I love when we come to church, church is like a spiritual greenhouse. Now, when you put stuff in a greenhouse, you're saying, uh, I I want that thing that I'm planting in that greenhouse to grow. I'm being intentional about that growth. And a a greenhouse is an environment where you're in control of the light, the temperature. And in that greenhouse, things grow at a more rapid rate. And I like to think of the house of God when we gather together on a Sunday. We're being intentional about our growth. That there's things that can grow in this place. And God wants us as His people to grow up into, into everything that He's, He's got for our life. See, the chances are, if you're coming along to church and, and you're not growing, you'll stop coming. Uh, but if you're growing... You go, man, I I want more of what God has for my life. i got a title for my message this morning, and it's a simple title. It's a title that you might have heard on an ad campaign some years ago. I haven't seen the ad for some time, but it's a title I've remembered. It's it's a title called I Am a Big Kid Now. How many have heard of that title before? It's a title that goes with the ad campaign advertising pull-ups. Yeah, pull-ups. I am a big kid now. Now, now pull-ups is, is an important season in a child's development because they're going from, from nappies to undies. And, and how many know that, that transition can be very messy? Uh, but what you're teaching a kid in that season is you're teaching them to deal with their own mess. Yeah, you're teaching them to deal with their own waste. And, and part Growing up, even in God, is learning to deal with your own crap. Uh, You know, so many people remain in infancy because they're putting blame and they're looking to others to do what God has called them to do themselves. So I'm saying right now that you are a big kid now. Some of you, you're going to put on your pull-ups and you're going to deal with stuff that you've been avoiding. And I want to show you through Scripture how we're called to mature as Christians. Because could it be we've been in church a long time, but we haven't grown? In fact, I love what John Maxwell says. Many people have been in church 20 years, but in reality, they've had one year of Christian experience 20 times over. And they got bored. You know, how many know God's not boring? There's just boring people. But God's always doing a new thing, and He's doing it through His church. And the challenge in church is to keep growing, to keep moving forward, to keep taking hold of God's plan and purpose He has for our life. And that means we've got to let some things go. And that means we've got to take responsibility. Now, now when it comes to life, you know, we've got two images of ourselves. There's the real image of who we are. And then there's our projected image. In fact, a lot of us today, you know, we've got an image that we're projecting, but it's not our real self. Uh, When we go to work, we put on this image and and we project different things to different people. But then we have our real self that we live with 24-7 when we go home at night and we lay our head on our pillow. You know, that's who we really are, those thoughts that go through our mind. We all have to people living on the inside of us, we have our, our real self and our projected self. Now, here's the deal with spiritual growth: is if you bring your projected image to the table, you'll never grow. It's until you bring your real self to God. Things up to that point, things won't change. And we live in this world right now where everybody is seeking to. To win their approval of another. You know, how many know it's easy to get worried about what other people think? In fact, many of us coming in here today is like, oh, what are they going to think about me? Or what that person gave me a little bit of a funny look this morning. You know, and all these questions and thoughts go through our minds, especially if you go into a new environment. I want to say, if you're new to Equipus Church here, you're loved here. You're accepted here just for who you are. You don't have to believe to belong. You're loved in this place. You can feel right at home in this environment right now. But, but so many of us live on guard because we don't want people to see our real self. So we, we are, we're projecting these images and we're trying to win the approvals of others. You know, how, how many know compliments are great? How many like getting a compliment? You know, if you didn't lift your hand, you're a liar. Because we all like compliments. We all like to be encouraged. But, but compliments, I've found, and encouragement, that's are short-lived. Somebody can say something very encouraging to you, and it's like, yeah, that's good. But, you know, it drains. That encouragement leaks very quickly. Uh, that's why encouraging others is so important. But how many know criticisms are often long-lived? Compliments, they're short-lived, but, but criticisms. Somebody can just say a bypassing compliment, a, a, a comment that contains a criticism within it, and it's like, man, you're thinking about those three words they said for long after they said it. In fact, those three words can go into your next day, it can go into your week, and it can go on. You know, it's funny that. You know, compliments, short-lived. You know, it's almost like, okay, where's the next like? you know, I've got one like, I need another like, you know, and then we're fishing for likes, we're, you know, throwing out a line, and, and we're posting things, and we're going, well, I need another like, and so many people today are living their lives to be liked, you know, I want to ask you the question, you know, who's the audience that you're continually speaking to in your head, who are you looking for approval from, because I've found so often we can get a whole lot of likes, but there's one like that we're after. Uh, there's one person, and if that person didn't like it, we don't feel good about ourselves. And there's a danger in life that, that we live our lives through our projected image, and we don't really grow. See, in terms of functioning in the image of God, it's so important that we take command over our lives. See, what you've got to understand about God, all authority was being given to Jesus, and, and Jesus gave us authority. Now, authority within the word authority is the word author. When you have authority, you have the ability to author your world. You, you have commands over your life. See, I've found there's many forces right now at work in the world that, that are trying to keep people in a place where they don't understand their God-given authority. And they remain as infants. Yeah, they've been in church a long time, but they're still immature. See, if we stay a child in our adult years, we can do ourselves a massive emotional and psychological damage. When we're growing up on the outside, but we're still a child on the inside. See, adults who have not become... Big people, what they do is they often feel like they're in a one-up, one-down relationship. A one-up, one-down relationship where where somebody's over them. Where where, where somebody is is superior to them. Which ultimately makes people feel inferior. See, we all start from that position. We all start as a child in a one up, one down relationship. Our parents are overseeing us. In fact, Paul, if you read Galatians chapter four, he equates the parental structure to the law. That, that, that's it, the parental structure, we're one up, one down. When we're under the law, we have something over us. How many are glad that we're not living under the law anymore? Yeah, but while we're a child, Paul says, we're still under that. In fact, Paul says, while you're a child, you're no different than a slave. Even though you are an heir of God, you're no different while you remain immature. How many know there's benefits to growing up? Come on, some of us have embraced Peter Pan's notion. We want to be a child forever. And we think adulthood is boring. We think adulthood contains a whole lot of responsibility and that's it. But I want to say adulthood has a whole lot of freedom. And there's benefits from growing up in God. So many people equate spirituality. Oh, well, if you're spiritual, you're serious. I don't know what Bible you've been reading but I reckon that's a whole lot of religious garbage because I believe when you grow up in God, you live the freest life you can and you live the fullest life you can because Jesus didn't come to give us a horrible life. He came to give us life and life to its full. Come on, are there any believers today? Turn to your neighbor and say, I am a big kid now. See, we all start from the position of being one up, one down. But the challenge in our growth is to realize that we are a big kid. It's a process of taking on more power, more responsibility. See, you're not an adult until you see yourself at a peer level with other adults. While you still see yourself as a kid, you are a kid. I'm no longer under my father. How many here over the age of 16? Lift up your hand if you're over the age of 16. Oh, well, 90% of the room. 99 almost. I, I want to say you're an adult. You have legal rights at the age of 16, more at the age of 18. You're not a boy. You're not a girl. You're an adult. It's amazing how many people can get into their mid 20s and still think they're a child. No, you're an adult. <laughs> Yeah, some of you are in transition. Yeah, you're learning how to put on your pull-ups. But, but you know, it's, it's like you are an adult now. Yeah, I love the fact that I grew up in a family environment where my, my father encouraged us to have discussions. In fact, he wasn't threatened with us having other views. I've listened to him over the years, give parenting advice to to other parents, you know, with, with teenagers. And he said, well, after the age of 14, really your parenting's done. He said, the best thing you can do after 14 is pray. <laughs> That's one of your biggest roles. You, you go from a place of being under parental control, like you're controlling everything. You go to a place where you're now a coach. Because how many know a 14-year-old has a mind of its own? their own, they think their own thoughts. And as much as you try and tell them stuff, sometimes they'll do the opposite to what you tell them because they're trying to figure out things by themselves. That's part of the process of growing up. See, growing up means you've got to get your own convictions. It means you've got to form your own beliefs. You know, I wonder how many people sit in church and just take the preacher's word for it. Come on, you've got to dig out things for yourself in the Bible. Not the internet, the Bible, because that's our plumb line. That's where our authority is. And, and at the age of 15, you know, I was encouraged to have discussions so I could form my own conviction and my own beliefs. Some of you are just relying on what comes from a platform on a Sunday to form your beliefs. And you're not feeding yourself. And you've positioned yourself in a one-down relationship. And you haven't grown up. I, I wanted to clear out over this church. You're a big kid now. It's time you started forming and forging your own destiny. See, when you have authority, you have the ability to take command over your life. You know, I, I love the fact that God's designed it that we are all siblings. Siblings. Now, we, we live in a world with these hierarchies that can make us feel under, a boss. I, I say to my staff all the time, they're not my staff. I say, the vision's the boss. I'm not your boss. I have a role to play. I have responsibility. And yeah, we're meant to honor the role and the responsibility and the gift. But in the end, they're not over me. See, you have power in the kingdom to take charge of your own life. And what Jesus does, the gospel does, is it calls us, he calls us out of this one down relationship. He encourages us to have respect for roles, But he he wants us to understand that we all have authority. I want to show you. Can I show you in Scripture? Let's go to Matthew 23, because I better give you some Scriptures this morning so you can have a foundation for this. Matthew 23, verse 2, it says, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Listen to this. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you to do. So he's to the Pharisees, you know, they sit there in this position, do everything they tell you to do, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. It's amazing how many people say, well, they don't do it. I'm not going to do it. No, Jesus is saying, still do what they tell you to do, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they preach. He says, they tie he up heavy cumbersome i like that word cumbersome loads and put them on people's shoulders but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them verse 5 it says everything they do is done for people to see so why do they do what they do because they're worried about everybody else Jump down to verse 7. It says, they love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces, and they love to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher. Somebody say one teacher. And you are all brothers. So what are we all brothers and sisters? That's what he's saying. "And, And do not call anyone on earth father, For you have one Father, and He is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. So what's Jesus saying? He's saying, hey, do what Moses commanded. But don't consider other people as above you. Don't, don't look for somebody to be, you're in charge of your destiny. See, the power of the gospel is that you have choice. When you're apart from Jesus, you're a slave to sin. But Jesus came and paid the price of our sin so that we could be free. Come on, how many free people here? He who the Son sets free is free indeed i got the power to choose. Yeah, I'm free to drink, but I'm also free not to have a drink. I'm free, but I have the freedom not to. So many people go, oh, I'm free to do whatever. I want. No, you can't stop yourself doing it. You can't stop yourself thinking negative. You can't stop yourself. You're free, but you're, the question is, are you free not to? See, power in the kingdom of God is in the power to choose. See, I I got freedom, uh, but my freedom is displayed by my power to uh, my my choice to submit. See, you know you got real freedom when you use your freedom to serve. That's a display of real freedom. See, many people think, well, my freedom is expressed through my autonomy. Yeah, you're autonomous, you're free. But your freedom in the kingdom is actually expressed through your power to submit. Because you understand, in submitting to others, I'm not submitting to others, I'm submitting to God. Come on, all you with authority issues. <laughs> Come on, too many people. Well, um, no, hey, growing up. When you're growing up in the kingdom, you understand that the kingdom is counterintuitive. And it's a reversal to the world. It's back to front. If you want to be first in the kingdom, you've got to be the last. It's upside down. In the kingdom, you don't promote yourself. If you promote yourself, you'll be humbled. If you want to be promoted, you humble yourself and God will promote you. Come on, if you want to increase in the kingdom, it's all about giving away. So it goes against our mind. True freedom in the kingdom comes through submission. Because you understand God's more in charge of your destiny than any person. Come on, that's what Joseph understood. He understood he could serve Pharaoh evil, but God was in charge of his destiny. David understood that. That's why God took him from the pasture to the palace overnight. God can do that in a moment. But your freedom comes from taking the power you have and placing it under God. See, in the the Scripture, what's God calling us to? In the Scripture, He's calling us to the mutual equality of all believers. He's not doing away with the offices that people hold and the roles. But He's addressing how we see ourselves. We were one down. I'm always under. Come on, who's the audience in your head that you're seeking approval from? Who who are you looking to? See, people who believe others are above them are still relating from a child's position. And they're being under a person, not under God. This is huge. Come on, at Equipage Church, we want people to grow up. I'm a big kid now. Come on, you gotta form some convictions for yourself. You you gotta find God for yourself. Don't get secondhand revelation. The enemy will always attack secondhand revelation. It's not good enough just to say, Pastor Jordan said. No, you gotta know God for yourself. You gotta get your own stuff. I love my daughter. She wanted to get baptized. And I looked at the baptism date and I said, I can't, I'm away. I'm like, can you just do it at a date where I'm back in town? I was away preaching somewhere else. And she says, well, Dad, it doesn't matter because I'm not doing it for you. And how I many, no, I couldn't argue with that. Yeah, she had her own conviction. She said, well, I'm doing this for God. I'm doing it because he's got a hold of my life. And so many of us are relying on somebody else's faith. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you can't borrow my faith. This is huge. I want to say this is huge because this makes a big difference in your ability to follow God. You know, because are you seeking God's approval or the approval of others? See, see, how many of us are trapped trying to please people? Those people in your head. You know, why are you trying to do that? You can't follow God. And you can't take charge over your life. You're, in fact, giving somebody the ability to have power over you. Listen, I, I want to show you through Scripture how this is big. Let's go. John chapter 12, verse 42. This is making sense this morning. Uh, I pray this is helpful. John 12, verse 42, it says, Yet at the same time, even among the leaders, even among the leaders believed in Him. So they believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than praise from God. Question I want to ask you is, what is stopping you from openly acknowledging your faith? the reality is many of us are still hiding our faith. Oh, what did you do on Sunday? Oh, I just met with a group of people. Can't even say you went to church, let alone believe in Jesus. Here, a group of leaders would not openly acknowledge their faith because they were scared of what the Pharisees thought at that particular time. They loved the praises of people. More than the praises of God. Many people today aren't exercising their faith because really they're people pleasers. They're scared what other people think rather than being an adult and saying, This is my conviction. I don't need your approval. Come on, this is a little bit tough, but could it be that many of us are in a place where we're hiding stuff that God's saying, Hey, you need to grow up in and take responsibility for your life and what you believe. You now compare the statement with Jesus, Mark chapter 12, verse 14. It says, Then they came and came to him and said, Teacher, we know that you're a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by others because you paid no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. He was a man of integrity. And he didn't pay attention to their response. How many know Jesus said some pretty hard stuff? Like he talked about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, vampires, (laughs) no. But it said people didn't understand and they stopped following him, but he wasn't. His life wasn't governed by what other people did. He, he was free from that. Come on, do we want to grow more like Jesus? We're, we're not one down, but we take responsibility. Jesus did not fear men. He did not look for their approval. He, he spoke the truth and he let them figure it out. In fact, Jesus implied if everyone likes us, we're doing something wrong. Luke 6, verse 26, he says, woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. For that is how their ancestors treated the, the, the false prophets. So many people just wanna hear what they wanna hear. You know, I don't want my daughters coming up to me and going, well, just saying the things that they think I wanna hear. If they've got something on their heart, I want them to be able to open up, no matter how bad it is. But so often we live our life just projecting this image, seeking others' approval. Now, how how many know, if everyone thinks well of you, there's got to be some people pleasing going on there. That's why many people speak from both sides of their mouth. See, people pleasing can keep you from seeing God. Let's go to some more scripture. John 5, verse 44, it says, How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from only God? You know, we live in this PC world. What's, uh, what's political correctness in a lot of places? It's people pleasing. Do you know what political correctness is? Is proof that stupidity is contagious. It's just, you know, we we go along with the flow without thinking. We we just accept what the media is telling us. We just accept things rather than bringing it in a line to the truth. See, uh, Paul talks about getting out from underneath this people trap. In 1 Thessalonians 2.4, he says, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God. Come on, at Equipus Wellington, would there be a people who want to please God? We, we're not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. What's being a big kid? It's being a person with authority. See, you can't do an adult job if you're searching approval from other adults. That's what children do. And children can't do adult jobs. Adults make decisions for themselves. Adults have opinions. Adults establish values. Adults aren't subject to approval, disapproval, appearance. Adults take legal liability that they're legally responsible for their life. See, adults understand they have freedom. I have the freedom to choose, but they understand consequence. They understand if I choose this over here, I'm going to have problems over here. That's why Solomon said, Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise who has no overseer, no ruler, no commander, has no one above them, but prepares its food in the summertime. In other words, I don't need anybody telling me, because if I don't prepare my food in the summertime, I'm going to be starving in winter. So I understand I have freedom to choose to do what I want, but I understand consequence. I understand if I live this way, if I ignore God, I'm going to have consequences over here. I can live from my own opinion, but if I don't align my heart, it's going to have effects in other areas of my life. So there's freedom. Wow, adulthood brings a whole lot of freedom. But growing up understands that responsibility comes from it. See, the, the main theme of adulthood is, is adults don't need permission. They don't need permission. You got permission. Uh, as a church, we want to give people permission. But adults understand there's consequences to how we think, act, and feel. And, and growing up is a process of... Gaining authority over our lives. Here's the deal. God's put you in charge. You choose. Are you going to choose to put yourself under God? He's put you in charge. What are you going to do with that choice? That's adulthood. Adulthood. See, the kingdom of God upside down. It's like you become an adult. You understand, man, I've got amazing freedom. But then he says, I want you to choose to be a child. It's reverse. You become an adult. And then he says, I want you to have childlike faith. See, so often many people come to God and they go, hey, God, my life's a mess. Here's my mess. In other words, here's the stuff I don't have control over, I can't sort out, take my mess. I reckon adulthood in the kingdom, you know you're mature when you can give God the stuff that you're in control of. When you can't, not just give him your failures, but when you can actually give him your successes. When you can go, yeah, I'm in control, but your way is higher than my way. Your thoughts are higher than mine. So, so many people are immature. Like, I can't figure this out by myself. Here you go, God, figure it out. <laughs> Other times we go, i got to figure it out. I don't need you, God. And there needs to come a change. See, if we're to be honest, too many of us are concerned about reputation. One person once said, character is who you are reputation is what other people think of you. Two images. Your real self and your projected self. People say, oh well, if you take care of your character, your reputation will take care of itself. But I'll say, until you've lost your reputation, you actually never know what a burden it really was. And true freedom is not caring what other people think about. you. Hey, listen to what Jesus did. And Paul encourages us to have the same mindset. Philippians chapter two, verse five, it says, let this mind be in you. Turn to your name and say, that's you. That's you, just in case, it's for somebody else. No, that's you. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of what did he make himself of? Come on, all say it together of no reputation. He chose to take on the form of a bondservant that's power. And he chose to come in the likeness of man and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself. And became obedient. Did he want to be obedient? No. Because there was a time where he said, not my will, but your will be done. He had the freedom to choose. But he made himself obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. That's Jesus. And here, Paul saying, "Have this same mindset." So, we go, oh, well, wow, that's amazing. Well, that's the pathway we're we'll calling. You got freedom. I'm glad I'm free. He who the Son says free is free indeed. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Not religion. Religion binds people up. Religion is all about seeking approval from others, status, position. The Spirit of God brings freedom to our lives. I reckon in a lot of places, the church is being held in a state of immaturity because the people have seen themselves in this one-up, one-down relationship. They're adults. They could even be 50 and still relating as a child. Still deferring to a past, Still deferring to somebody who who was instrumental in their life at a young age. I want to say, you're a man. You're a woman of God. Come on, you're a big kid now. Come on, how many want to grow up? Come on, how many see the snare? In fact, the fear of man is a snare. It's a snare. It's a trap that traps us and it stops us living in the fullness of what God has for us. Come on, I know what it is to preach to an audience in my mind. Yeah, you know, I could be preaching to a crowd, but I could be picking one person out. And it traps me and it holds me hostage. And I know there's people in this room. You're living and working for an audience in your head that's something different than God. And God wants to set you free tonight. In Jesus' name. And part of growing up and saying I'm a big kid now is I'm not going to listen to what other people think. I'm going to stand on my own two feet and I'm going to hold my own convictions and I'm going to live without fear in Jesus' name. How many believe that? Come on, if you believe that, give God a big clap of praise. Come on, not a shy one. How about standing to your feet? See, this whole deal can distort our thinking if we're not careful. I really believe God wants to bring alignment. I feel in my spirit that God's wanting this church to go to a new level of spiritual maturity. See, here's the deal. When you're a child, you just look after yourself. But when you're an adult, you take responsibility for others. So that's another thing. Now, so many of us just get ourselves here. Could we grow up where we're actually looking to get others there? See, when you're an adult, you become a father. You know, you've got a responsibility to get more people there. I believe we need to grow up where we're not just looking to others. We're not borrowing somebody else's faith. Let's not borrow somebody else's worship. Let's get our own. Let's stand on our own two feet. Let's stand strong in Jesus' name. But right now, where I want to minister is, right now, some of you know what I'm talking about where you're seeking approval from others. It's been a trap and it's been a bind. And if you're saying, Sam, I want to get free from that, how about lifting your hands right now, right across this room? Many people, just lift your hands. In fact, I I don't want you just to lift your hands. I want you to do something where you're actually going to have to make a response. I want you to come out of your seat and come down the front. Come down the front right now. And actually part of you coming is actually freeing yourself from what other people think. I don't care any longer. I'm not going to be governed. I'm not going to live under the snare. See, some of it, some of us would hold back because we go, oh, what will other people? Who cares? Who cares? You know, we need to break free from this. Come on, I just feel like there might be one or two others just sitting in your seat wrestling in your heart. How about you make a response? Because we're responding to God. I don't care who responds. This is more about you than anybody else. This is about what God's doing in your life, what God wants to release into your future. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we thank you you're in this place. Come on, the rest of you, you pray. Come on, you you can pray for these people because you should be free. If you're not, you need to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your anointing right now. And even where people have been governed by the thoughts and the opinions of others. Oh, where that spirit has tried to control and manipulate. Oh, we break the power of that right now in Jesus' name. Uh, We even take responsibility, take responsibility for where we have allowed those thoughts to have authority over us. Right where you are, I just want you to say, God, I repent. Out loud, just say, I repent. Because that simply means I changed my mind. And I say, I'm no longer going to be in a one up, one down relationship. Thank you, God, you've set me free. And I have the power to determine my destiny. And where I've let other people rule, in my head, in my mind, I say no longer is that going to determine my steps. light my path. Lead me. Lord, I thank you. That you don't leave me in darkness, but you take me forward. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, right now, come touch. Come set free. Come on, the rest I want you to pray out loud. Forget about everybody else around you. Come on out out loud. Come on, we don't need to be shy as Christians. Come on, right now, God's doing a work in people's lives right now. Come on, come on, I want you to stir up something in your own spirit, and in your own belief right now. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the power of the gospel to set us free. Lord, even where past events have had holds over our life, Lord, I thank you. Lord, there's going to be freedom. Right now, I believe God's healing, the hurt and the pain to declare over your life a new day. You're going to stand in confidence. You're going to stand with a boldness. You're going to have an authority. He's, put, he's going to put words in your mouth that are going to be sharper than a double-edged sword. And His word in your mouth is going to be, be sharp. It's going to cause a breakthrough in, 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 in environments. And just as you've experienced the freedom in your life, I believe God's going to release you to be able to set other people free you're going to liberate others and right now we release that, right now overshare Lord I thank you, Holy Spirit oh new day oh fresh authority oh right now we're, Lord he's second guessed himself, I thank you he's not going to be in a place where he's double minded but he's going to stand with conviction he's going to stand knowing Lord that you're leading and you're guiding him Lord, we, we struggle to make decisions in the past. Lord, I think you're going to give him clarity. In Jesus' name, there's going to come a clarity to your life. And even right now, I lift off the cloud of confusion, where you have been confused and where you're being second-guessing things. I really believe God's going to bring a conviction and a clarity to your life. And that even right now, enemy, you have no power over this man's life. Set him apart anew from this moment forth. Come on, there's a Holy Spirit just working in this place. Lord, some of you have dreamed, but you know, it's like you felt like this dream has been distant from you. But I really believe in this moment, you've you got the authority to bring it close. Come on, you can access heaven. You don't need some other person. Come on, you can access heaven. You can take hold of heaven. You can author. Come on, that thing that you've been believing for, but almost you've lost heart in. And you're saying, you just want to come to a position of faith where God's going to, yeah, understand. God wants to answer your heart's cry. He wants to bring it about. How about lifting your hands right now? Holy Spirit, we thank you. God, you're not a distant God. You're a near God. Oh, you're near right now. And Lord, where things have seen, Uh, Beyond arm's reach, Lord, I thank you, Lord, we can grab hold of them by faith today. And we can declare they're ours. Lord, they're ours. Lord, and right now we stand in faith, believing, Lord, that all the promises of God are yes and they are amen. And right now we say amen in our hearts to those things we know inherently in our spirit. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that your lines fall for us in pleasant places. And we have a great inheritance in you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody shouted, amen, 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 amen. Come on, let's give them a huge clap of praise. just with everybody staying where they are maybe here and you've never opened your heart to Jesus friend God loves you he's got a plan for your life you can live your life trying to figure it out yourself but ultimately there'll be something missing on the inside see you've got to understand we're, we're born for a relationship with Jesus as Rick Warren says we didn't create ourselves so we can't tell ourselves what we're created for only God can do that and it's true choosing Jesus, you find freedom, freedom from your sin. See, He died on the cross, paid the price of our sin so that we might be free and so that we might know God's original plan and purpose for our life. If you're here and you don't know what it is to have a life-giving relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus, in a moment I'm about to pray a prayer. I'd love to include you in that prayer. So I want people right now with their eyes closed, just asking themselves, where they're at with God. Because if you're not right with God, or maybe you've been at some point in time, but for one reason or another, you walked away, and you need to get right with God in this place this morning. The best thing you can do is acknowledge Him. I love to include you in this prayer, but I just need to know who I'm praying with. If you say, Sam, pray for me. I want to get right with Jesus. I want to acknowledge my need of Him. What I want you to do is just simply slip up your hand in the air so I can see it. And then once I see it, you can put it down. And then we're going to pray a prayer of faith together where you can open your heart to Jesus. That's awesome. Down over here. And boy, somebody else, just say, that's me. I need to get right with God. Just quickly, right where you are, sh- shoot up your hand in the air so I can see it. Once I see it, you can put it down. And we're going to pray a simple prayer of faith together. Because you can't earn it. You've got to receive it. It's a gift that you need to receive. If you'd humble yourself, it takes a strong person to humble themselves. Humility is simply agreeing with God. And the fact of the matter is we all need a Savior. And when we acknowledge God, we're acknowledging the truth about who we are. Is there somebody else who'd say, that's me, pray for me this morning. I need to get right with God. I'm away from God. Amen. We're going to pray a prayer together. Let's pray this prayer out loud all together. Dear Dear Jesus, I come to you today open the door of my heart. I should have come in and be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving me, dying, the cross, dying on the cross, paying the price of my freedom. And today, I acknowledge you and I'll make a choice to live for you. Come live on the inside of me and never leave me. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, can we give God a big clap of praise? Amen. Come on, let's give him a huge clap of praise. Now, just to finish with, I just really believe you're in for an exciting season. I don't know how excited you are about your future, but I, I believe. Maturity is is taking hold of a world you can't see. Immaturity holds God hostage to your unanswered questions. Immaturity can't live with mystery. Maturity as a believer goes, man, I know there's something out there. And takes hold of it by faith. Come on, I want to say as a church, let's all grow up. Let's not one or two people take responsibility for our future. Let's everybody in this place take responsibility for moving forward. I want to say, you know, let's not just get ourselves here. Too many people in the kingdom of God struggle. They've been in church a long time, but they're struggling to get themselves here early on a Sunday. Let's not just get ourselves here. Let's grow up in the mission of God because maturity is defined by how engaged you are with the mission of God immaturity doesn't, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, but if you're not engaged passionately and fervently with the mission of God you've stepped back, how many know one, uh, maturity is not defined by age It, it just takes one dumb act to be immature yeah, it's, uh, like it, it, I'm, I'm saying maturity faith is about taking responsibility and being engaged in the mission of God. And I love the fact, as a church, we're not just here to to be blessed. We're here to reach our world. Come on, if you want to take responsibility in that, come on, let's all lift our hands together. Come on, let's believe together that the greatest days are here. Come on, I'm really declaring, I'm praying. men, the most exciting season of this church is going to transpire in the next few months. Come on, growth, enlargement, salvations, breakthrough in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, I pray, Lord, where there's been a lid, I think you're taking off the lid in Jesus' name, and Lord, we're taking hold of our future together. In agreement, You say, if two or three agree in your name, you'll give us whatever we ask for. Lord, right now, we're asking you for Wellington City. We're asking you for our neighbors. We're asking you for our workmates. We're asking you for our family members. We're asking you to work a sovereign work in and amongst our lives. Lord, open doors. Lord, we're praying for those promotions. We're praying for favor. We're praying for you to be on display. Lord, we're praying that we'd see answered prayer Lord, take place in a way like we've never seen before. Lord, right now, I pray, just release faith in this place. Lord, where people are being in places of unbelief. Lord, I pray, Lord, that that spirit would be broken off. In Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, would move forward. Amen. I just feel something in the spirit. Now, here's the thing. We don't go to hell because of our sin. We go to hell because of our unbelief. You can be in church, but still have unbelief. A whole generation missed out on the promised land. Why? Because of their belief, their faith. They died in the wilderness. Come on, I don't want any person here wandering around the wilderness. Come on, we're a promised land church. Come on, are we a promised land church? Come on, just because God promised it doesn't mean you're going to possess it. People of faith possess their promise. Come on, we're a promised land church. If you believe that, come on, I want you to give God a massive clap of praise. Come on, we thank you, Jesus, for your promises, and we believe them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.